Hey guys, it's Austin jumping in before the episode this week because we wanted to get your input. We are just a few weeks away at the time of, uh, the time of recording from doing our Matt Smith recap. That's right. Uh, it's been a long, long time since we did a recap episode, uh, but we are going to be covering all of the Matt Smith years kind of in one chunk. So what we want to do is we want to hear from you. What was your uh, favorite moment from the Matt Smith years? Who is your favorite bad guy? Who was your favorite random creature? What was your favorite jiggery pokery? All of the things. What was your favorite things? Uh, favorite story arc? Companion? Uh, any of the categories that, that we normally discuss kind of on the checklist and that kind of thing, think through those. Um, or even if you just have like, I just want to say something about the Matt Smith years, we would love to hear that from you. So uh, do that, either type it out in an email, or you can even record yourself uh, doing a little segment there and send it over to noobsinthehoovian at gmail.com. You've got about a week to do it before we get recording because things get wibbly wobbly on the old schedule here. So make sure that you do that this coming week. If you're listening in the future, Please disregard everything you just heard. Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet hosted by basically like three versions of the same guy. I mean, basically. Just basically. weird, nerdy people. What? I mean, like, <laughs> genetically, <laughs> well, well. you're like 50% me. Truth like, well. We're all nerds here. <laughs> Except at the beginning of the, <laughs> during the mic check, Trip said something about, uh, I said, who do you think you are? And Trip said, your son. And I was like, I have news. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> Hey, it's the Noobs and the Hoobian. My name is Austin. I'm the Hoobian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast, introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. So welcome to episode number 112. We have finally arrived, guys. Have we been waiting the, for I have been 112? Waiting. <laughs> well, no. But <laughs> yeah. for episode 112, which is covering the 50th anniversary special, The Day of the Doctor. Now, this is the one where the Doctor and Clara and the Doctor and Queen Elizabeth and the Doctor and Billy Piper having an identity crisis all team up to not actually destroy the Time Lords, but actually destroy all the Daleks, except for the thousands and millions that we already know actually survived. But don't worry, because we won't remember any of this. It's uh, it's all very timey-wimey. Well, technically, all of the Doctors teamed up. Technically, uh, yeah. yes. No. <laughs> That's not even technically. But as I said to Corbin, well, yeah, as I said to Corbin last night, that was purely fan service. That was right. entirely fan. Where was thirteen though? Mm-hmm. How, uh, didn't exist yet. What are you talking about? Well, neither the did the twelfth doctor. doctor. There, well, they had cast the twelfth doctor. Okay, no, we're saying they like should have in not universe. put the twelfth doctor in there though, because then so, it makes it seem like okay. Well, then everyone, even the doctors after the eleventh, should again? be there. <laughs> All right, so side note that is not anywhere in the notes, so I'll go ahead and address it now because you brought this up. That bit, the the zoom in on Capaldi's eyes, which, by the way, get used to those eyeballs because that is that is his resting face, okay? That that stern uh, squint stare. Looks like he's always angry. <laughs> uh, kinda, yeah. We, I'm we, killing we, you. If we if if Matt Smith took us young and and silly. Uh, Capaldi brings us right back to old and crotchety. Okay, so, so that's a coming. That's a coming. But uh, I did see on the Wikia that that scene, that bit there, that mm-hmm. the zoom in on his eyeballs, they shot that the day that they were shooting his first actual scene. Right. Ah. So I don't oh. know what the production time schedule timeline was like. Was but that a, actually before or was that Knowing like this after show, they were okay, probably okay, shooting his so first that, scene last season. Uh, yeah, right, right. So <laughs> the next episode that we're going to cover, right, is 
the, what is it called? The time of the doctor, yeah. which is the Christmas special, which is the regeneration episode. Yeah. Okay. So apparently at the very least, the Capaldi scene uh, the Capaldi part of the re- regeneration scene had already been filmed by the time this episode was released because that clip, they shot that clip the same day. Right. Mm-hmm. So they did the regeneration scene with Capaldi. Mm-hmm. So by the way, that means Capaldi is in the 11th doctor's control room and uh-huh. the 11th doctor's costume. Right. Because they always regenerate wearing the same uh-huh. clothing. So yeah. you don't, you know, you don't really see much of any of that because it's, it's, it's 97% eyeballs on the screen, mm-hmm. yeah, right. but they actually shot that then. So Is he wearing those clothes. What clothes? Like the, the Matt 11th, Smith doc. Yeah, yeah well, that's what like, I'm saying. He, he because, was, but like so you wouldn't see it. In he the literally did that like right after he regenerated. No, 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 no. In, universe, in universe, that could have taken place. Exactly. In universe, I wonder if we'll forget ever about get it. that. But at a production level, that. that would be, yeah, but that would be But in universe, he would be wearing the 11th Doctor's clothes. Okay, but if you well, recall, you don't see any yeah, clothing. so you yeah. wouldn't You barely you see wouldn't his nose. All right, it's 90, it's like I said, it's 97% eyeball. Honestly, if you weren't paying attention, you might not have recognized who he was, so... Well, yeah, and, and 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 I think I mentioned this um, to you guys when we were watching it that they they did a I think the first and maybe the only time they did a TV special where they were announcing the new Doctor, and it was literally like several. It was probably a good chunk of the show where they're talking about the history of Doctor Who and saying goodbye to Matt Smith and blah blah blah, and they're like, and now the moment you've all been waiting for, the next Doctor. Mr. Peter Capaldi. And then he walks out and everybody, mm-hmm. you know, wow. everybody's brains melt. Um, and, and then they had like, you know, the rest of this, uh, this show where they're like interviewing Peter Capaldi and, and these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So that had, that had been done. You know, we knew who the new doctor yeah, was yeah. prior to probably, which, which you always know. Yeah. I would imagine prior to this episode's airing, which was November. Mm-hmm. Probably. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, so at any rate, guys, this is story number 240. That was a lot of time before we yeah, ever got yeah. to mm-hmm. story yeah. number 240. Uh, originally aired on November 23rd, 2013. 2013? Yeah, 2013 to everyone. <laughs> Just every single person, okay? Yeah, right. uh, Trip Trip uh, put this part in the notes, and then I had to go in and, and massage it because he, <laughs> he wrote down, accurately so, airing November 23rd to 12.8 million viewers. However, <laughs> it was 12.8 million live viewers on BBC. It was 3.2 million iPlayer requests. So again, that sort of online replay later. So we got like 16 but, million so far. But it was also shown in the US and Canada at the same time. In the US, it was something like 2.3 million uh, live viewers by the way, that made it the highest viewing in the U.S. up, up till this point. So again, this is you know this is a British show. It's it's breaking into America. Something like 1.6 or 1.7 Canadian viewers live, and it was also shown live at the same time in 1,500 movie theaters across 94 countries, Jeez. shattering viewership records all over the globe. Okay. So not every single country that it was shown in did it break records. In 94 countries. And in several of those countries, guys, 
it was breaking viewership records there, right? Oh so it broke goodness. the US, uh, I don't know if this would have been like BBC America or something that it was playing on. So it broke the Doctor Who viewership. 1,500 um, movie theaters. So, so you guys remember when we went and saw, what was it, The End of Time? Uh-huh. Uh, where we yeah. saw it live. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this, but that was like way later. This was This was during. a 10th anniversary. So that yeah. was a, that all of that, owes itself to this episode because the smashing success of this episode (laughs) is why we still to this day have Doctor Who in the theaters because the premiere episode for Capaldi, the series eight premiere, they did a live in the theater uh, premiere just like they did with this episode. (laughs) They did the 10th anniversary of the end of time as that we went and saw they have done other anniversary episodes. I I can't even think of any of them off the top of my head, but I know there've been other ones, but we hadn't gotten to them yet. So I just didn't bother with them yet. The other one was, um, your mom and I actually went, I somehow managed to, to convince your mother to go with me to go see. No, she had fun. Um, episodes one and two of season 12, whichever one, the most recent season, I think it was season 12. Like had no clue what was going on at all. Well, um, I mean, it was like, but it was kind of okay. Yeah. yeah, it was the opening of a new season. But like she just didn't yeah. understand. So there, were, there was the some stuff that I had to go. Okay, yeah, th- that's the doctor. That's her companions. <laughs> that's, this kind of stuff. That's the bad guy. Uh, right. Like right, that's right. a recurring character that we see. Exactly. So um, episodes one and two were shown live in the theater, um, and that was, like I said, that was this uh, January eighth or or something like that. I mean, it was mm-hmm. this year. That we went and did that. Hey, do you remember? Do you guys remember movie theaters? Wow. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember like no, going no, and doing I don't things remember like, those. By the way, <laughs> so long ago. By the way, uh, <laughs> it's also making me think back to uh, last week. I listened to an adventure in space and time, our episode <laughs> on ad- an adventure in space and time that we pre-recorded in January, and I was like, oh. What simple times there were. Right. Do you guys remember? I don't know if y'all have y'all re-listened to it yet? No. Oh no. Okay. No, not yet. One of the things that we said in there, I oh gosh, I can't remember why I was talking about this, but I was talking about Queen Elizabeth and how there's like a there's a an autobiography a biography of hers out and there's a TV show about her right mm-hmm. now. And I was like, you know, it's really in the zeitgeist, which is kind of interesting because, you know, like she's currently alive. And then I went, uh <laughs> Let's all hope she's still alive in July when this airs. And we went into this whole bit about wouldn't it be terrible if the queen died between January and July when it aired? And I was like, come in and go, oh yeah, she's alive. Well, what I'm saying is like, "Ah." all I can think is like, in our in our naive little minds back in January of 2020, that (laughs) That was was like the worst thing we could imagine. That would have been the biggest news story of 2020. It's like. No, it kind of wouldn't have been. Oh yeah, if she had died in March or April, it would have not made the news. Uh, <laughs> it would be a drop in the bucket. Yeah, I'm saying. Uh, anyways, so yeah, there. This this live uh, viewership was just phenomenal. Broke all kinds of records. And by the way, I just put in here as a note because again, I had just listened to this episode. You'll remember that an adventure in space and time was was broadcast on BBC Two, <laughs> and it. And it premiered to 2.71 million viewers. <laughs> and that was two, two days, days prior to this episode, The Day of the Doctor. Goodness. Two days prior, <laughs> you have like barely enough people 
to, to even justify the existence of that of that documentary, uh, which was a, great, by the way. It was great. Yeah, it was a documentary and then, where the first episode got more yeah. viewers than the documentary on. Yeah, it. you're right. Yeah, actually, the, yeah. The 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 an unearthly child had more than two point seven one million viewers, and uh, and for that so matter, funny. there were like 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 I just said, there were that many viewers watching it on BBC America. For the day of the doctor, you know, so at any rate, um, it goes without saying this one was written by Stephen Moffat because of course, uh, you know, all the good ones, the showrunner. Well, not only that, but he's the showrunner. Like he's not going to let somebody else write the, I'm surprised he didn't direct it. Um, but, uh, it was also, it was directed by Nick Huron. So we do have a little bit of miscellaneous, uh, trivia here. This was the first episode of Dr. Who to be shot and shown in 3d because in the movie theater, you could watch it in 3d. So by the way, Oh, it's trippy oh. watching a 3D movie with 3D with a pictures. 3D painting, and and the Wikia did say. By the way, the 3D paintings were obviously way more 3D in oh, the yeah. 3D edition in the theaters. That's amazing. Um, it also mentioned that the um, the unearthly child opening, you know, the the the, the old school very first episode opening uh, sequence. It said that the they made two changes to that. It was the original opening with two changes. They added the BBC logo. And then when the title Doctor Who came on, did y'all notice it was like, oh, that looks a little newer. The yeah. reason was it was 3D. The oh, words see. Doctor Who, when it when it popped up on the opening, was in it was like coming out of the uh-huh. screen at you, that kind of thing. So cool. um, which by the way, this was also the first episode of Doctor Who to reuse an old intro. This was the first one to like go back hmm. and do a, yeah. a, a previously existing one. Um, at one point, guys, this is hilarious. At one point, the only actor who was contractually obligated to appear in the 50th anniversary special was Jenna Coleman. So just in case this man is crazy, just in case Stephen Moffat actually began drafting a script called the no doctors because Matt Smith's contract was up. Wow. Like in theory, he was not contractually obligated to appear in this episode, which is hilarious to me. So, so he was going no to make an episode? He started drafting a script called oh The No Doctor. So That's imagine hilarious. imagine the that 50th anniversary be episode horrible. being a Doctor Light, that- except not even Light. Not, yeah, <laughs> doctor, no doctor Free, what now with 100% do? less Doctor. I don't... I, I, as yeah. opposed Just, to this episode that had 300% and it would <laughs> And it would suck. It would be like the worst ratings yeah. and I, everyone I mean, I can, would just... Be there so would have been a revolt. So, so. Yeah. But I, I think it's hilarious that Moffat was like, eh, just in case. I'm like, just in case what? Just <laughs> yeah. in case every living doctor turns you down? Um, anyways. So <laughs> you a, can't even get the images to the old doctors? Yeah. Right. <laughs> a, um, so the last thing under miscellaneous trivia, a 2014 Doctor Who magazine poll named the Day of the Doctor as the reader's favorite episode of the first 50 years. Wow. Now, so this would have been right on the heels, right? So this is 2014. Wow. So this was right on the heels of this episode airing uh, in November of 2013. So, you know, sometime shortly thereafter, this one was so highly regarded. It was That's voted funny. as the reader's favorite episode of the first 50 years. I mean, that is Meaning at that huge. point, it was the favorite episode. It was, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I guess technically by that time, 
maybe uh, some of Capaldi's episodes had come, come out. out. Maybe like it depends. Me. I don't even know when it came out. So, guys, noobs in the Whovian, as always, is brought to you by R Five Website Management, where you can get your world class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. Uh, we got a lot to cover today, so I'm just going to say, go to store.r5websitemanagement.com, use the code noobs at checkout, and build a website. Okay, uh, the checklist, guys. Uh, name of the episode spoken in dialogue. I wrote down nope. I, I didn't. I don't remember hearing. They never. No. I, I don't yeah. think so. There was a lot of allusions to it, right? Well, that yeah. day. And that, but it wasn't it wasn't spoken. Yeah. Uh the creature of the week, I you know what's funny is I almost forgot to put this down because I almost feel like they were ancillary to the story somehow. Yeah, if yeah. they weren't there, they really yeah. wouldn't have any which, impact on the entire Which story. by the way, by the way, the Zygons. By the way, yeah. that was an amazing storyline. Yeah. yeah. That is an amazing story, which by the way, we're going to see the Zygons again. Oh wow. This is the first time that they've been on Doctor Who since like 1975. Jeez. Mm, <laughs> Obviously making that this the first time we've seen them in New Who, but they are a coming back and they are awesome. They okay, so one of my favorite uh Capaldi moments is in a Zygon episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's fantastic stuff coming on, uh coming up. So they were shape-shifting creatures that, by the way, take on a lot of about their duplicates. Yeah. They don't just look like them. Like they get their they, asthma. Yeah. They, <laughs> one of them copied Osgood and ended up with her asthma. Um, but not like all of the clothes she had, but not the yeah, inhaler. Yeah, not the inhaler. Uh, Which oh, that's true. It's how they were well, I guess that's like tell. medicine. So maybe that's harder yeah. to that's anyways. But I did like, love she duplicated um the head girl and like had the credentials or whatever of her in her pocket yeah the credentials like yeah to get like into she showed the, the credentials oh she did and she, like, house, she so. knew the, yeah. she knew the passcode okay, so actually. that's okay that's the thing that i was going to say is like corbin pointed out you get the asthma but also the all the memories yeah Knowledge. because remember yeah. going back to osgood she's like uh you know the the zygon version of osgood is saying uh, oh, you know, so much jealousy about your prettier sister, you know. So like, she gets all of her emotions and feelings and memories and all. Which this is kind of why stuff. she knew that. Um, which mm. the companion had already been there. She right. knew that. Yeah, yeah. She didn't have to pretend at all. Has yeah. all the memories, which is why, by the way, when they did the memory wipe of you know the 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 last. 24 hours or whatever he did, you know, whatever the doctors did to wipe their, their memory. Mm -hmm. They had all of the memories of being a human and none of the memories of being a Zygon. It was weird. But, um, uh, what I thought was, was, um, was great was the existential crisis moment that one of the Osgoods had that, uh, you know, so like I duplicated, or if, if I am a Zygon, I duplicated not only you, but also your clothes, like, like you were saying trip. And she goes, so what happens if I lose a shoe? (laughs) Yeah. Is it is that a piece of me? You know, it's kind of a um uh what is oh gosh, what's the show that we're watching? The Orville. Yeah. Where where uh uh Yafit loses a piece oh, of yeah. himself and we're like, what happens to that? You know, like, <laughs> what happens when a blob thing, a, a gelatinous creature loses part of itself, you know. It's so. living. That's right. Uh so uh moving on down the checklist, um CGI, um yeah, there was a bunch of it. I'm, I'm pretty good. It's pretty good. Man. I guess we would have the to paintings say paintings were really good. The paintings oh, yeah. were probably CGI. The paintings. Yeah, those were those amazing. Those were really good. Uh, we didn't get any mentions of bow ties being cool, but we definitely had the doctor do a bow tie straightening about to break bad moment. That was awesome. And then the war doctor makes fun of his bow tie as well. Wait, did the war doctor make fun of the bow tie? Uh-huh. I can't remember what he called it, but. Oh, he, he did. Um, yeah, he said something about 
uh, the tenth Doctor sand shoes, and what did he call it? Something bo- Bowie, Bowie, something, something Bow. Anyways, yeah, yeah that was that. Oh man, uh, we'll we'll get Granddad. to that later. But I I'll just say real quick. I loved I loved the interactions oh, yeah. of the Doctors as much as we hated the interaction. Oh yeah, with the of two five doctors. and two. Or six oh and two, goodness. whoever it Y'all was. Y'all hated it. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was stupid <sighs> were like because it was so little each other. We definitely have too much for this episode to talk about the last one at all. Or a previous one. It wasn't the last one. Um, let's see. Amy's reading glasses made an appearance. Oh, yeah. Eleven popped on his. And then ten popped on some other spectacles. And then they looked at each They're other like, and went, oh, oh how lovely. Mm-hmm. How did we not get a snap? Yeah. Mm. Because I know like that that's a that's a classic who when the doctors see each yeah. other, but we've had precedent where ten said it to five in time crash. Snap. They did yeah. snap. Or or I think ten said it. They didn't even yeah. both say it. Ten said it. And I think wasn't it in regard to glasses? I don't know. Or was it something really. else? I don't know. It was something but I, I was like, how did we not get a snap there? Anyways. Uh, we had the return of the Fez under under our hat section. <laughs> the Wikia pointed out, and this is just a weird weird flex, um, Wikia, uh, pointed out that this is the last televised appearance of Eleven in a Fez. Which, and I had to stop and what? think, and I was like, well, I guess so, because he's only got one episode <laughs> yeah, left. This is the second to last episode. Yeah, that is to say, spoiler alert, no Fez next time. Like, that's all oh. that statement is saying. But I thought that <laughs> was interesting. There's no Fez next However, episode. however... Small spoiler, I, and I think I've mentioned this on the show before, not the last time we'll see the Fez. The Fez is, is, oh, is, wow. a, is a coming back. I can't imagine 12 wearing a Fez. <laughs> I, did, I did love the moment where uh, Clara says, one day you'll walk by a Fez without having to put it on. And he's like, never going to happen. Nope. <laughs> Just, he like took it out of a glass case to put it on. Oh, was yeah. What was special about that Fez? Why was it in an art museum? Probably... It- it was All I can think he, is it was his. Yeah. I guess. It must have been like, oh no, except that got blasted to pieces by River Song. Yeah. So I don't he know. He happened oh, no. to wear another Fez at a different time. <laughs> he wore a different Fez. Um, um, let's see. Under, oh, okay. So under, you know, catchphrases of the doctor, we got uh, we got uh, a half a well. We, we didn't, remember, remember we used to debate about how to yeah. count those? I mean, uh, like, that's definitely kind of a signature well, the way he says the it. The way, though. yeah. And that's why I counted it. Because he, he didn't do... At one point, we decided we were only going to count it if he was correcting himself and doing it multiple times. Because going, he ended up. Saying oh, there's well no chance. Well, I say there's no chance. There's a very small chance. Well, we counted like close to sixty times or something. <laughs> right. <didn't> we? So, <laughs> but this one eventually um, we had to slow it down. Uh, the war doctor comes through the the time fissure and says, "I'm looking for the doctor." To which Ten says, "Well, you certainly come to the right place." <laughs> which I was like, "That's brilliant," because he just asked two doctors. I'll have I'm the here to find the doctor's head. Well, today's your lucky day, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was another one. Um, then we got, um, I wrote down with, you know, like all caps, exclamation point. We got an Alonzi and then we got two. So Ooh, we, yeah. we got him doing, we got him shouting. I don't even remember when the first one was. But then um, yeah. my favorite, my favorite was when we got an Alonzi and a Geronimo followed by, oh, for heaven's sakes, Gallifrey stands, you know, when they're, when they're about to like launch the big plan. So speaking of. Yeah, before uh, Eleven jumped into the time fissure, we got a Geronimo. And then before they enacted the big plan to freeze Gallifrey, we got another one, uh, which brings our running count. Corbin, did you update this? I uh, No. Okay, to 15. Why would I have done that? Because I thought it said something else. And then it, anyways. What? So, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Did you like that? Yeah, okay. sure. Uh, let's see. Under Jiggery <laughs> Pokery, we had the Sonic 
doing some cool stuff. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. I loved that. And then uh, the doors unlocked the whole time. <laughs> the doors unlocked the whole time. <laughs> I love because so you 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 enact this amazing plan that's going to take 400 years to unfold in the matter of what, four seconds? Yeah. And then totally wasn't necessary. Like that whole bit of writing didn't have to happen. Uh-huh. I love it. Not to mention that even in medieval <laughs> times, door locks were made of metal. They didn't have to disintegrate the wooden door. That, I didn't they just understand had to that. unlock the metal. I didn't. I did not understand and any part of what was happening because it wasn't we're locked. To, that's why. Yeah, we're gonna vibrate the door into disintegrating. She itself. like underestimated the doctor by leaving it unlocked because of no, no. Remember, she said that. no. Remember, she said I was interested in seeing what you would do when you yeah, escaped because she thought they would escape by opening the door. Oh, you're saying she overestimated them? Okay. Yeah. I would say underestimated because they just went way far over, <laughs> not even assuming that the door that's would the be door unlocked. Locked. That's right. Leave it, leave it to the doctors <laughs> to, even to hatch a four hundred year plan with multiple incarnations. And my, here's my point: same software, different case. Over the course of four hundred years and four regenerations, <laughs> to have you didn't even have to do it. Yeah, you right. didn't even need it. <laughs> they did that before trying the latch. I oh, love it. Yeah. I love it. That's so funny. <clears throat> All right. So the thing under- is, I wouldn't have tried it either. <laughs> yeah, I would have I just mean, assumed it was locked. I just assumed. You know, it's it's a jail. You assume it's locked. Uh, <laughs> so under the TARDIS, we had that shot of Clara. Cl- Clara. Who Clara. is it? Clara. Clara. Clara riding. That's a tongue twister. Clara riding the the a motorbike into the TARDIS. That was flipping amazing. That camera shot of. <laughs> Her of it, like following her a little bit down the road through the doors and into the TARDIS, yeah. blew my mind. I had to rewind it like twice. It's like, bang, bang. and then and the then, doors just flung open. Yeah, and she drove in. It was super cool. And imagine if, like, she just drove and then the doors didn't open and she just <laughs> slammed into the door. Yeah, that would have been a different start to the episode. Um, which okay, so it brings us to our next point. That would have been more in keeping with what we've seen so far oh, of yeah. right. the TARDIS not liking Clara. <laughs> But now we have her riding the motorcycle into the TARDIS and then snapping her fingers to close the door. Which which is the only companion. Like, the only thing. Forget about that. A couple of seasons ago, it was mind-blowing to the doctor himself to think that he could open the doors of the TARDIS by snapping his fingers. And here we have, not only have we done that now, now we have, oh, Clara, who, you know, died right after she got her key, is just... Closing the door with the snap of the door. Plus, no one, un- lo- no one closes it by snapping anyways. Always yeah, that's never happened prior, yeah. By snapping. Wait, I just realized. It says pull to open and he always pushes in, but like when he snaps, that's the way the doors open. Uh, they don't open that's out. That's true, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Uh, so let's see. Uh, there's, there's <laughs> so they, they step into the TARDIS and I was a little, I was a little confused. So there's the scene where all uh, ten runs to the TARDIS and goes inside, and then the other two doctors and Clara follow him in, and it is ten's control room, right? And then here's the line: uh, "You've let this place go a bit," says the war doctor. To which Eleven says, "Ah, yeah, it's his grunge face." <laughs> that was a great so line. Funny. It's his grunge face. But um, that whole sequence confused me. What TARDIS were we in? I don't. I mean, didn't we get Ten? into what did it look like? It it looked like the war doctors beat up TARDIS, but maybe not. I mean, clearly and, the TARDIS stores future consoles. I guess, yeah, so. I guess, and that's kind of what happened. So it everything with the TARDIS got a little wibbly wobbly here. I did. Uh, by the way, I did love 
I did love the very end where they had all three versions of the TARDIS sitting next to each other oh, yeah. because in the five doctors, they each walked into the same TARDIS at the end of the episode. Four of the doctors all walked into the one box. Like they had like their shaking hands and see y'all next time. And this was a lot of fun. And, you know, like they're a little walking off each doctor, right? So the first doctor walks into the TARDIS and then there's a bit with the second doctor and he walks into the TARDIS and then the, you know, and all this. And they all go into, they, they, yes, there's only one TARDIS (laughs) on screen. There's only one TARDIS on screen. They all walk into it. And then, uh, so I guess this would have been the fifth doctor and his companion says like, wait, what's happening? They all went into the same TARDIS and the fifth doctor says, ah, but wait. And you hear the TARDIS start up. And while there is one TARDIS stationary, you see echoes of them go whoosh, like at an angle, like special effects. One goes off and then another goes off and then another goes off until there's still one sitting there because that's the fifth doctor. It, like, it's really weird. It doesn't make any sense. They yeah. all parked their TARDISes on top I of guess, each other. Yeah, exactly I guess, yeah. Because I've never seen that story, so I don't know. Isn't there like quantum laws against that? I, you know, hush. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hand wavium uh it's coated in hand wavium it's fine um, but okay. i love that you had all three of the tardises um except that except that they were basically all the same size right they were all identical yeah. except for the color right and if i remember correctly 11's tardis on the outside was a little bigger than 10's and i'm imagining this is a production level thing where they probably have multiple copies of well, the tardis yeah. so they just yeah. took two of them and painted them different, but you did get to see. And by the way, the boys were blown away by the stark difference in color oh, between yeah. 10 and 11's TARDIS. Cause I was telling them, I was like, it is, it is like bright, shiny M&M candy shell <laughs> blue compared to what nine and 10 had. Cause um, it's all of that like dusty and broken and, which Never, is more in keeping like with the older version or anything at right, all. Yeah. And that's, that's the but way like we've seen the classic doctors look. change the light bulb. And like, so he must be doing he a lot of really maintenance on his stuff. Yeah. Mean, the TARDIS was like black to begin with or something. Right. So no, it was oh. always blue, but those, there were those episodes that we saw where it was like such a, a dirty blue that it, yeah. it looked sitting black. sitting at the bottom yeah. of the ocean know, for 200 it years. Yeah, it was all oxidized and everything. Uh, so we have uh, that bit there. Oh, it's his grunge phase. And then, and then, by the way, we go from nines, I'm sorry, not, well, nine and 10, the grunge phase. It shifts. And I, I think what happened was it shifted into the war doctors, but we hadn't seen it up to that point. So it didn't make any sense. And Eleven goes, oh, the round things. And Tim goes, I love, I love the round things. Eleven says, what are the round things? And I, I, no I, idea. I love he's asking a past incarnation what of himself. Why would a past version know and you don't? What are the round? And he's and he's so, this is what I love about Eleven. He's so childlike. What are the round things? And Tim goes, I have no idea. And by yeah, and by the way, the war doctor is like, what is wrong with you people? I know. Oh, the things. Personalities are such a contrast. <laughs> yeah. So then, they, so then they then they uh, shift into. By the way, with the uh, what was it the the frictional contrafibrillator or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they <laughs> they shift into Eleven's. By the way, they jump over Eleven's original control room because if you remember, he got two. Yeah. Nine and ten oh, had yeah. to share one. Eleven got two. He started uh, there. We <laughs> shift into Eleven's control room. And 10 says, oh, you re-de- you, you've redecorated. I don't like it. <laughs> Which, by the way, by the way, that's what five said to 10 in Time Crash. 
He said the same thing. He said, oh, you've redecorated. I don't like it. Uh, under random jiggery pokery, this is just sort of like a bucket of technology and stuff. Um, we had Time Lord art, bigger on the inside, a slice of time frozen. We rewound this like, like three times, <laughs> paused it, slow-mo. I mean, we were blown away by the yeah. idea that you could like look inside the painting and see past the frame. I was, I was amazing. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And theoretically and apparently go in and out of it. Like uh, yeah. essentially a portal. Because logic. Yeah, because of Time Lord. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh man. In a, in a fantastic, uh, here's the thing. There were so many opportunities in this episode to do fan service wrong. Yeah. And there were so many times they did it right. And to me, the machine that goes ding was one of the ones that got it right because it was essentially, it was essentially, Hey, do you remember that one time when David Tennant had the, 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 what was it? What did he call it then? It wasn't a machine that goes ding. It was something. I don't remember. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it, it's a, it's a timey wimey detector. It goes, goes ding, ding when there's stuff. stuff. It, yeah. When there's stuff. That's what it was. It goes ding when there's stuff. It was basically, do you remember that scene? You remember that scene? Uh, Guys, you remember that scene? That was so great. Wouldn't it be so great if we like did that scene again? That's basically <laughs> what they did. Because remember the, the, the timey-wimey detector, can it goes ding when there's stuff. From like 20 feet away. Exactly. Like, they yeah. included, it can microwave your dinner from up to 20 feet away <laughs> and download comics from the future. I never know when to quit. <laughs> And it's like, it's you made this in like the 1600s, whatever time period it is. Why do you need this stuff? I love that this scene should not have worked. That bit, that bit I'm sorry, uh, by the way, especially for the three of us. Because for the three of us, that was a year ago, not five years ago or whatever. Like this would have been years from the timey wimey detector until now. Because that was what? Uh, uh, blink, right? Yeah. Wasn't that it was blink? early? Yeah, that was early oh, days yeah. of Tenant. We've now gone through Tenant, through Matt Smith, and it's been years, right? For That's us so who have seen it more recently, it should not have worked, and it absolutely worked. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every bit of that. Um, and then here we have um, th- this might need to be a new category. Um, I put it under random jiggery pokery, but really, I think this needs to be its own new category of the doctor explains things badly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he says he's trying to explain Time Lord art, right? Oh, no. Uh, the, um, oh, oh, crap. What was uh, Stasis cubes. The oh, stasis yeah, cubes. Yeah. He says they're like cup of soups, except you add time, if you can imagine that. And then he says, no, no, no one can imagine that. Forget I said cup of soup. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and this is. It's like uh, it's like when they went to house and they um, it was like outside of the universe. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how can you be out? You know, uh, 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 Rory says, how can you be outside of the universe? And the doctor says, well, it's like a soap bubble with a little soap bubble on the outside. Have you ever seen that? And Rory's like, so we're in a bubble on a bubble. And he's like, yes. I mean, no, no, not that at all. Except yes. Unless it helps. Then no. Especially 11 has done this so many times now. Um, I'm wondering if that's an 11 thing or if 12 keeps up with that. But, you know, the doctor explains things badly. I, I, so I just funny. love it. It's just like cup of soup, except you had time instead of water. Okay. Except uh, you can't imagine that. So never mind. That doesn't help. Forget I said cup of soups. And then later on. Then later on, when the war doctor has the idea, he looks at him and says, 
cup of soups. Yeah. What's a cup of soup? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> oh, that's what's right. a cup of soup? <laughs> he didn't even know what it was. And then later yeah. on, he yeah. was the one who referenced it. Oh, that's funny. What's All right. Cup of soup? So uh, the, the, the question slash Doctor Who, there's just a couple of things about the doctor and the name of the doctor and et cetera. Um, they said, you call yourself the good man, to which the doctor says, I call myself the doctor. And they say to you, it's the same thing. This was, by the way, this is actually in Night of the Doctor. So um, hopefully you watched the Night of the Doctor mm -hmm. prequel where you saw Eight finally get his regeneration scene. Um, and so he regenerates, but we don't exactly see who, but we see a bad reflection of stock footage of a young John Hurt. Yeah. Okay. So I, I did, I did enjoy that. Um, he says, you know, I call myself the doctor. She says to you, it's the same thing. And then later on, uh, Clara says to them, you say that the, the name, the doctor is like a promise. What is that promise? And sort of piecemeal, they answer her never cruel or cowardly, never give up, never give in. And, um, apparently this calls back to, and, uh, uh, Jared may mention this, this calls back to something similar that was said by a companion. Do you remember, um, do you remember the scene in, um, what was it? Family of blood where he's at the center of the universe mm -hmm. and he, oh. he burns and, oh gosh, what was it? That like oh, epic know. speech that this like five-year-old kid rattles off trying to describe the doctor. It's like yeah. fire and ice. And yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, um, it, so weird poetry know, stuff. Basically. Yeah, it was a moment like that with a companion. And he says, among other things, he never gives up. He never gives in. He's never cruel or cowardly. And we're going to see that, by the way, kind of um, we're going to see more of that idea. And it's really interesting, especially in 12's time, we're going to see the doctor kind of like develop a code. And I'm, mm -hmm. what I'm curious, I'd love to hear Jared's feedback on this. Is that a completely mm -hmm. new thing or was that pulling back from classic who? Because I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Cause like the time Lords kind of had like a do or don't kind of thing. Yeah. They then, seem to have some codes yeah. that they yeah, then like, just completely abandoned <laughs> apparently. Especially uh, in this episode. Remember? Yes. Yeah. So they're forbidden weapons that they just keep. They've stored. already used them all. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We've already well, used all of they, them. They were weapons. saying they used them in this war, but I still love right. the fact that, Y'all have just been keeping these for yeah, well, centuries, know. even uh, though they're forbidden. Yeah, that's what you do. Uh, so we did, we had um, a little bit of termy-wormy stuff going on here. Um, I, we got halfway there when the doctor points at Osgood and says, you there, are you sciency? Like, I really <laughs> wanted him to have a little bit of sciency wincy. Like, I really wanted that in there. But, um, and then we... <laughs> and then we have Eleven telling Clara, it's very timey-wimey, to which the war doctor says, what is that? And Tin goes, I have no idea where he picks this stuff up. <laughs> Which, of course, he's the one yeah, who said it first. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, we did have some adventures in closed captioning. Uh, the war doctor is referred to in the closed captioning throughout the episode as the older doctor. <laughs> so do you guys remember last time we had, what was it? Um, doctor one and doctor two. Which we never knew. And Dr. One was the second doctor <clears throat> and Dr. Two was the sixth or was it the other way around? I don't even remember. It's confusing. So this time it, the closed <laughs> captioning referred to them as 10th doctor, 11th doctor, and other, old, uh, old doctor, old, old doctor. doctor. Now that is somewhat in keeping with the uh, marketing materials that were leading up to this episode. They referred to, they cat, um, excuse me, credited David Tennant as the 10th doctor and John Hurt as the other doctor. So not old doctor, but the other doctor. The other doctor. And they also credited Billy Piper 
simply as Rose. Which and if you she remember, wasn't technically, yeah. And if you remember in the credits, how did she appear? Rose. Right. It it wasn't even Rose slash Bad Wolf slash the moment. It was just Rose. I don't, it might have been Rose Tyler. I don't even like remember. That's not Rose. <clears throat> yeah. like at all. Very weird. Um, on a related note, I was sad that Capaldi didn't get mentioned in the credits. To be fair, though, he had like two mm. seconds of screen time, and it was all his eyeballs. Okay, but they had two seconds of screen time for the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh doctors. No, and, they they and cast, eighth. They had still images from all of them that were totally on the same but plane still of existence cast, as the other yeah. doctors. Oh, that's true. Capaldi wasn't in that one. Wait a minute. Why wasn't Capaldi wasn't there either? Yeah. Wait a minute. He came in for like. Why wasn't he in that? He came in for like half a second. If they'd already announced him. What? Why wasn't he in that? He was in other parts of the episode. Yeah, he was in other parts of the episode. Oh, I just. I'm. You. Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) I didn't even think about that, that big scene, which, by the way, I completely forgot about that scene. When, At first, uh, I was like, when we were watching how only the War Doctor and the Tenth Doctor turn around. Right, but right. But then they show the front-facing stills of them, and they well, all look the, terrible because they're oh, not Oh, they were there. fine. Oh, hush your mouth. Okay, well, the first Doctor. Imagine what it would have looked like in 3D <laughs> on the big screen. That's oh. probably why it looked like that, because they were supposed to be kind of sticking out of the screen they, a bit. But they, like They did say in the notes about the 3D release there that that entire scene was, quote, way more 3D. So like him coming out of the TARDIS looked a lot more like he was stepping out of the screen and then turning around and then the doctors all fanning back in a, in a, you know, like they're a flock of geese. All of that apparently looked way more 3D. Did that scene actually happen? Why did all the doctors? Oh, it's probably symbolic. Yeah. It was, it was probably symbolic. Yeah. Um, let's see. We had, um, other stuff we noticed. Um, oh, just, I, I don't know where to put this, but I love the line alien technology plus human stupidity. (laughs) <laughs> when they were talking about the um, the 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 like, if the black archive gets compromised, this was by the way the Wikia pointed out this was like a smaller version of the Osterhagen device. Do y'all remember that? Um, uh, that um, Martha got a hold of that was like it was nukes all around the planet. Yeah, oh yeah, that would nuke the, the whole planet. Right? Huh? Yeah, it was gonna like blow up the world or something. Yeah, it was like the the last resort if Earth is going to fall. We just nuke the whole planet. This is similar. If the black archive is going to fall into the wrong hands, we nuke the archive, which would nuke London. Nuke London. London. Which, was which that might necessary? be. I was going to say, which might be the argument for keeping the black archive somewhere else. It might <laughs> like be. North Pole. Overkill. <laughs> you know, some, I don't it's know. It's going to be easy access. Let's keep it under like one of the most densely poply, populated areas <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty terrible. All right. So uh, it brings us down to who's who. So um, this is basically about the doctor, but I did want to talk for briefly about who is the moment. All right. So who is the moment? Um, we just had a few little bits here. I, <clears throat> I was trying to remember because it's, it's been a little while since I've watched this episode and I remembered Billy Piper coming back, but not as Rose. But then I couldn't remember. I was like, wait a minute. Is it kind of Rose? Is it? But it's what not. It? It's, it's, it, it's completely not. It is. This is, by the way, this is, you remember the, the thing that Trip always comes back to, like, ah, more guilt. <laughs> Show me oh, someone yeah, I yeah. haven't screwed up yet, you know. Um, that whole thing where the doctor has the, the interface with the TARDIS that, by the way, by the way, by the way, why does that never look like Idris? Because nah. that has happened since huh. that episode, and it looked like Clara. Why did it not look like Idris from then on? But at any rate, um, 
it's that same thing, right? The the interface is just using a, a, a friendly face, basically, right? Yeah. Except she's like, but this might be from your future. I don't know. Right, she has yeah. a friendly face from your past. Or perhaps it's your future. I always get those mixed up, which the Wikia was like, kind of like Idris did. You know? I mean, apparently. Yeah. Um, so um, I, <laughs> I love the uh, the opening line there where uh, there's some sort of commotion outside and she says, the doctor says, what was that? She says, oh, nothing. It's just a wolf. Which immediately it's like, ooh. Yeah. Um, she chose, oh, we already mentioned that, um, getting the, the forms mixed up. Um, in she says in this form I'm known as Rose Tyler no wait that's not right bad wolf and then her eyes do the bad wolf thing it's like what form are you talking about because you're clearly Rose because bad wolf was like yeah, constantly like, glowing right and whatnot right right like so eyeballs I, completely yellow and crap you weren't bad wolf you were definitely yeah. just Rose so I am I am just thoroughly confused by like what all so at a production level i have to imagine that it was like how do we get billy piper back like yeah. we're bringing back david tennant we mm-hmm. cannot bring back tennant without billy piper how do we do it <laughs> oh i know i'm inventing a doctor i'll just invent a sentient computer program because that can end the universe right. or whatever it can you mean do a or whatever sentient clockwork machine instead of like I, you know. what they originally said was didn't he like crash the last time ship or something into a Dalek oh, yeah. or something. Wait, like what? They, they literally have explained how when he, was he ta- killed them. I don't think it was quite like that, but when he was fighting um, the guy that made the Daleks, Davros, uh-huh. he said, Davros said something about like getting crashed by a ship or some crap. And I think that's huh. kind of how they said it ended. Huh. Yeah, that's... No, I don't remember that at all. So, and that's it. why they explain. I have to go back and rewatch that. That's how they explained why the Time Lords died, because they crashed the ship or something, and that's how the. That's how they explained it. I don't be talking about the the same thing though, because I, yeah. it's been clear it that the Doctor did like a thing that wiped everybody out. That's what I thought and the all, thing was. Yeah, he yeah. smashed. Mm. At any rate, the Dalek fleet. Or I love. I, I, I love the moment. But I'm thoroughly confused by the moment. Yeah. I'm also sad that even when he was standing right next to her, and I thought, even watching it the second time, because I couldn't remember clearly, I thought we were going to have some talk about Bad Wolf, because he's like, what's that about Bad Wolf? What? Yeah. He says he just- this as he's standing right next to her. I was really sad that they didn't get to interact at all. Yeah. And I guess, you know, bah, that'd be hard to do, plus... It's not actually Rose. Yeah, it, it almost makes it like more in line with the 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 ten slash Rose tragedy of yeah. once again he's right here by her and can't see her, talk to her, or anything like that. I don't do anything. Although I did love the line where he's like, "Oh, bad wolf girl, I could kiss you," and she goes, "Uh, that's gonna happen." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's great. Oh yeah, uh, that's, that's so happening. So you know, I just love like. The the eleventh Doctor had uh, the same situation happen with, uh, dang it, what's her name? In River Song, where mm-hmm. she was literally a projection in someone's mind that was standing in the room with her, and, and he the eleventh Doctor could and still talk, see her, talk and, to her, and touch her. Yeah, yeah like she's in a that computer simulation, really technically weird. dead across the universe, talking to someone in their head, and he can right. see her. Yeah, that yeah. must have so. looked weird. <laughs> so, 
Everyone's Let's get into it, guys. Now, now we get into the thick of it. All right. Uh, yeah. So, who is the War Doctor? First of all, wow. <laughs> wow. Talk about. By the way, again, talk about something that shouldn't have worked. Yeah. Right. You have. Okay. Up until eleven, if you guys remember, I don't know. I don't know if y'all remember tracking this at all. But up until eleven, we had never explicitly said on screen the the number of the new doctors if you'll remember we weren't sure if eccleston was the next doctor or the first the first doctor and this is a reboot do you remember that we talked about how for like a while there was a there was debate and conversation about is this the a, a new show or the next series you know the next in the series from the same show Mm -hmm. for a while we didn't know and then okay boom we settle that right okay so that means that's the ninth doctor and then we have this new guy come along okay that makes him the tenth doctor now there's another guy the eleventh doctor but up until we had the fall of the eleventh i think was the first time it happened i think that was the first instance but at the very least it was the eleventh doctor it was during the eleventh doctor's time that he is explicitly called the 11th doctor. So you could argue up until that point there, who knows between Paul McGann and Christopher Eccleston could have been anything could have been myriads, right? Nope. We finally, we locked it in. And then the next season or two, we go, well, actually we got to fit somebody in here, right? I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to that whole thing on a production level. However, it should not have worked. I think it worked. I thought that they treated the war doctor with more care and more forethought than maybe any other doctor before or since. Honestly, think about this. Okay. We got a regeneration scene from eight to the war doctor in the night of the doctor. Right. Again, made sense because he drank the potion or whatever. Yeah. But what I'm saying is we got a regeneration scene. Remember nine, nine. We didn't No. We, we, we never saw nine become nine. He's just, Boom, he's there. We saw nine become 10, but then again, uh, we, by the way, at the end of the Doctor Who movie, spoiler alert, you don't see him regenerate because it was supposed to be rebooting the show. The eighth Doctor, the movie, was supposed to kick off relaunching the show, but it didn't. So he didn't regenerate during the movie, right? So you didn't have eight regenerate. You didn't see nine regenerate. So there's all this gap, right? We, see, we get to see eight regenerate. And I told you guys as we were watching it, here's the regeneration scene that Paul McGann never got. He finally got it, right? He gets to reprise this role decades later and do it right. We don't see physically on screen, we don't see the faces change. And I, I guess because that would have been too hard to do because they decided to make him young John Hurt. Mm-hmm. So the way they did it was they saw him be his reflection in like kind of a, a you know, a piece of metal or something. And it's clearly a young John Hurt. So then decades later, when we meet the war doctor, he's the, you know, the old grizzled man that John Hurt actually was, actually was. Yeah. Like Corbin said, it always sounds like he's about to clear his throat. I mean, he did. Yeah. Especially during his open opening monologue. So we get to see a regeneration from eight to war. The war doctor got his very own Sonic. Yeah. Okay, 9 and 10 didn't even get their own Sonics. They had to share. They had to, you know, 
He got his very own Sonic that is only ever seen in this episode and never seen ever At, again. In like one it's, scene, basically. In, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe two. Maybe two scenes. But at any rate, they all pulled out their Sonics. I mean, not a lot of yeah. scenes, though, is the point. Exactly. Not a lot of screen time, but they took the time to design and build one. He got his own costume that yeah. to me speaks volume. Of course, he got his own costume. Like, that's not like a huge thing, but his costume is awesome. Mm-hmm. If you had to say, line up all the doctors and say, which one would you say is the war doctor? Yeah, right. He looks like a war doctor. Mm-hmm. He's dusty and dirty, and his leather John coat is Hurt beat for up. A reason, uh, yeah, he the, <laughs> his costume looks beat up, right? Uh, it says volumes about his character without ever speaking a word, right? He got his own outside look of the TARDIS. Like I said, when you see all three of them there, it is not only very clear that there are three distinct TARDISes, you don't have to guess whose is whose. Yeah. You Again, if you look at those three TARDISes and which, say, which one belongs to the War Doctor? I don't know. The one with battle scars on it, maybe? Yeah, right. right? Even without having any context of that entire show, exactly. show these three TARDISes, which one looks like it's been through right. a war? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He got his very own TARDIS console room. He got his own entire desktop theme for a guy that we see in one episode and whose console room is on screen for like three and a half minutes. And, and he got a proper regeneration scene with Mm -hmm. the only exception being that we didn't actually see him turn into nine. Which means. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) And I did make, I did make a note here. You did start to see him peek through. Did y'all notice that? Uh-huh. They did a little CGI to his face that you see him start to change and then and then the scene ends, right? Uh, and the first do. time I was watching it, I was like, what are they going to do? Because by the time I was watching it, you know, I know, I'm not thinking about where the technology was at the time. I mean, like today, by the way, today, what would they have done? To regenerate Paul McGann into young John Hurt, what would they have done? CGI they would have put some young dude in there and CGI'd his face like Princess Leia. Right? Not to look like Except Princess Leia, but in the same way that they did for Princess Leia, right? Except hopefully better, but... <laughs> yeah. Maybe, hopefully not maybe Moff Tarkin Leia. level of... Yeah, of, yeah. Uh, or, or young uh, Tony Stark level. <laughs> um, so, by the way, on the, on the, uh, on the Wakia, I, wanna, I wanted to read this quote. This was a quote from, um, uh, from Stephen Moffat. This is what he had to say about um, the, the regeneration scene from war into nine. He says, furthermore, the special depicted the war doctor's regeneration into the ninth doctor, completing a missing link in the chain of incarnations that started when Christopher Eccleston debuted in the 20, uh, 2005 relaunch of the series rose. The process of resolving the regeneration's issue was being enforced by executive producer, Stephen Moffat as he wished to have a wait. Is this the wrong one? Um, that's a good question, isn't it? I may be, okay, so this is not a quote from Stephen Moffat, this, but this is from the Wikia. It says, the process of resolving the regenerations uh, issue was being enforced by executive producer Stephen Moffat as he wished to have a, quote, complete set in time for Matt Smith's upcoming final episode. Moffat also chose to uh, requisition actor Paul McGann for one more outing as the Eighth Doctor in a mini-episode uh, production called The Night of the Doctor one week after production wrapped on the anniversary special, resulting in a second former Doctor returning to the screen as part of the festivities. Here's the part I had. Um, uh, it says, McGann filmed his own regeneration in a Hertz version of the Doctor, cementing, cementing the lineage of all Doctors up to Smith's incarnation onward. And so what they're saying is, Stephen Moffat, 
said, you know what? We've got these weird gaps. I want to fill in all these gaps once and for all. And then the Wikia makes it sound like, so now we have an unbroken chain from Hartnell to Matt Smith. Which is not the case. Why? Because no. seven didn't regenerate into eight. <sighs> you know? Um, <sighs> you know? Is that not what you were going to say? <laughs> no, it's not. But you might be right about that. I think, I, think, I think you're right about that. I don't think that ever happens on screen. I was thinking from two to three. You see oh. two going all blah, 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 and, and getting all weird and stuff, but you never, and then we've discussed this before, the next season opens with the TARDIS door opening and three falling out of it. Yeah. Right? There's a huge discrepancy there. But yeah, you're right. Between seven and eight, there was, there was I, I think there was a gap there as well. So anyway. No, meaning there rate, could have been any number of doctors. Can't fix that. Yeah. So, uh, what did you say, Tripp? I said, by this point, there could be any number of doctors. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, yeah. interesting thought. So, Except that he's called 11. But that could be for a totally different reason. But, I mean, yeah, they skirted around that in this episode as well. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, well, you know. Hmm. So, getting <laughs> into getting into the character of the War Doctor, that, that, that was kind of production level stuff. Um, so, we have the introduction of him. It says, the way he did it, uh, excuse me, the day he did it, the day I did it, the last day of the time war, the war to end all wars between my people and the Daleks, and in that battle was a man with more blood on his hands than any other, a man who would commit a crime that would silence the universe, and that man was me. And that's the, as the camera's flying through the oil painting and then lands on the war doctor's face. Um, We have someone saying to the general, he's a fool, and the general says, no, he's a madman, which I thought was (laughs) madman in a box. Yeah. Uh, there's a great, there's a great line where the moment says, "Oh, stuck between a girl and a box." Story of your life, eh? <laughs> oh, that was great. Stuck between a girl and a box. Um, let's see. Oh, the the war doctor thought ten and eleven were not only did he think that they were companions when he first meets them. He's like, "Oh, are you his companions?" He and then he says, "They're getting younger all the time." He thinks that ten and eleven. Are too young, young to be companions. What? You like, had a holy child cow. in school as your first oh, companion. Yeah. How are they too young? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, she was a time lord. So she yeah, could be any but number like, of years she's old. She's still yeah. in school. Yeah, meh. She could be any number. So, I think it's. I think it's said later on that she's like hundreds of years old. I think. But if she's because Gallifreyan's childhood is hundreds of years. Yeah, but like, she's still in childhood. Okay, She's a enough. young time lord, if anything. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now somebody, somebody set off the dog downstairs. So sorry about that, listeners. Uh, let's see. I love, <laughs> I love when 10 and 11 are pointing their sonics at uh, the knights or whatever, and the war doctor says, they're screwdrivers. What are you going to do? Assemble a cabinet at them? <laughs> Which harkens back to uh, River Song saying, are you going to build a cabinet for them? Um, and also something about, um, there was some kind of a joke between 9 and... Uh, Captain Jack, where Captain Jack says something about building cabinets and, and the doctor says, what, have you never had a lot of cabinets to build before? Or something <laughs> like that. So, uh, let's see. Um, oh, oh, he says to 10 and 11, what is that? The way that you look at me. I'm trying to find a better word than dread. You know, he like he can tell there's something about them that, or something about him that 10 and 11 just don't really like. Yeah. Um, I wonder what it could possibly be. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's the moment says to him, they're you, the man who regrets and the man who forgets, which I thought, I thought that was interesting because that's, that's pretty good. Like 10, 
10 was like the regretful hero guy, right? Trying to like make up and atone. Mm-hmm. And 11 is just like running away. <laughs> and yeah. just forget about that. And we're moving forward. So here we go. Even to the extent of erasing himself from history, if we recall that. Yeah. Uh, he says, great men are forged in fire. It's the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. Good grief, John Hurt. Bring a little gravitas to the to the role there, why don't you? Um, let's see. Pretending you weren't the doctor when you were the doctor more than anybody else. What line was this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I think 11 says that. He says that, you know, he was... Uh, he's pretending that he's not the doctor, the war doctor, pretending you're not the doctor. When you were the doctor more than anybody else, you were the doctor on the day it was impossible to get it right. Mm. But then right. they do anyways, because yeah, well, the show has to have happy endings. Well, well, I mean, this is true. This is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, which uh, Jared may mention this, uh, the war doctor says, wearing a bit thin, I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time. Mm. So there's I've never heard of conspicuous mm. ears. Yeah, well, <laughs> conspicuous standing out in a crowd, you know, that kind of, um, so that's kind of two callbacks. One, that's a clear callback to nine, right? Yeah. Definitely. The first time we see him, uh, well, Ooh, I guess the second time, ears. yeah, he's looking in the mirror going, Oh, look, blimey, look at the ears. Um, and then, uh, wearing a bit thin is the, is actually the line. The first doctor says right before he regenerates, mm. of course. So, because if, I don't know if you guys, uh, if we talked about this before, like mostly the doctors like get killed and that's why they regenerate. Like something yeah. bad happens. But with the first doctor, he just got old. He yeah. literally just like fell down because he was too old. And then the second doctor was forced into regeneration. So it's not until the third doctor that we get the idea of like regeneration caused by like severe trauma. Or I that just kind of love thing. how he basically dies of old age. And it's like, that's why they had to replace the actor in the first place. He was right. just getting way too old. Yeah, exactly. See, exactly. You, can't, you can't give him something better. It's just, oh, I'm old now. <laughs> they hadn't really thought it all through yet. It was still a crazy concept. So uh, so who is the 10th Doctor? By the way, I, I had wondered about this. Um, the Wikia says that apparently the 10th Doctor, when, he, when, when we find him riding the horse out of the TARDIS with Queen Elizabeth I... This is sometime between the waters of Mars and the end of time. So I don't know where they got that from. I have no, they didn't cite it. There were no links. I have no idea where they pulled that from. It, it works for me. It fits. Maybe sometime during his farewell tour, he goes to see Elizabeth and has this adventure. I, I mean, who knows? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I love uh, he has the bit where, again, again, fan service that shouldn't have worked. Guys, y'all remember, y'all remember that one time? When, when 10 like turned around and he got all like stern, he's like, I'm the doctor and I'm from Gallifrey and I'm going to kick your butt. So y'all remember that scene? Wouldn't it be great if we did that scene again? Because again, they totally did this. I think the only difference being he says I'm 904, whereas the last time he did this speech, he said I'm 903 or 902 or whatever. He says, I'm the doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey and the constellation Castebris. And I'm the oncoming storm, the bringer of darkness. And you are basically just a rabbit, aren't you? That's such a great bit. It shouldn't have worked. It shouldn't have worked. But it worked. It was great. And you're basically just a rabbit. And you're basically just a rabbit. (laughs) Just just a fair warning. David Tennant is brilliant. The man is brilliant. I love it. Uh, Let's see. He says, um, (laughs) that's a time fissure, a tear in the fabric of reality. Anything could happen. Fez (laughs) Paul. Like, for example, a fez. (laughs) That's a great bit. Anything could happen. I love 11 looking at 10 and going, oh, that's skinny. That is proper skinny. I've never seen it from the outside. It's like a special effect. Oi, matchstick boy. (laughs) 
<laughs> or Matchstick Man. Matchstick Man, he calls him. Um, I love that. And then I, I also love that that was when like Eleven realized, right? Like just hearing him, he mm-hmm. they dropped enough clues. Whereas in, in The Two Doctors, as we mentioned before, they look at each other and both of them automatically recognize each other. For some yeah. reason. Which five should recognize two, but two should not recognize five or six or whoever it was. Um, in this case, they they teased it out a little bit and had a little fun with it. And it was great. Um, I love, he calls him Chinny. <laughs> Me and Chinny here, you know. Uh, let's see. And then finally, we have him saying, Trenzalor, we need to find a new destination because... I don't want to go. Gosh, it's so stupid. <laughs> it works. It works. No, it's no. just super shoehorned. I, mean, I, I loved it. I was like, that's the dumbest line. Here's I fell on kind my of chair bad and line died. delivery. I just don't like it. Here's the thing I liked about it. It means that those are still his final words as the doctor. Mm. Until like that because of the dang fan service and bull crap. I do. I do. But you know what I am? I'm a fan. So serve me, okay. Stephen Moffat. Um, but yeah, that means that those are still his final words as the doctor. And then I put in the notes here until the 60th anniversary, because I still want to see every living doctor, mm-hmm. every living doctor. And I don't care how you got to shoehorn them in. Ridiculous at this point. I don't care. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to get to it in a minute here, but they brought back Tom Baker. I, you know, that was confusing. I, yeah, we'll get, we'll get there. Um, I don't know what the heck, um, what they could do. I don't even want the actors to appear. I want the doctors. I want those actors to be their incarnations of the doctor. That's what I want to see. Anyways, moving right along. And if they can't the do one. that, at least the new doctors. What now? They got to get the youngest actors, like 20 years. That way, by the 100th, <laughs> we can have yeah. a bunch of really young yeah, actors. I do think the plan is to slowly get younger and younger actors. So, so we can, can keep teasing yeah. them out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, 100th well, anniversary like I said, and he's here again. Like I said, that when they when they went to Matt Smith, they went to the youngest actor ever to portray the doctor. And then when they went to Capaldi, went- I want to say he was close to Hartnell's age. <laughs> like he's, he was up there. So um, who is the 11th doctor? Um, I love the line. I'd be brilliant at having a job. No, doctor. No. You've no. proven objectively he you suck he, at having a he job. He went to like work he worked at a, a store. store. Yeah. Yeah. He had a job. Which he actually, he was sorry. brilliant at that job. Uh-huh. He was brilliant in that job. He sucked at doing the job, but he was brilliant in the job. (laughs) That's what he said. I'd be brilliant at having a job. Not doing a job, but having a job. Uh, Let's see. He says... What uh, does brilliant mean for Brits? I don't understand. uh, Amazing. Great. Fantastic. Awesome. That's a lot of words. Not (laughs) what we mean by brilliant ever. So, Uh, It doesn't mean smart, necessarily. Um, I love he says, I'm 1,200 years old. I've never stepped in anything that wasn't important. That was, that was great true. foreshadowing because, of course, it the exact important. composite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I demand to be incarcerated along with Sand Shoes and Granddad. I think that was Trip's favorite <laughs> episode. There, <laughs> Granddad. Granddad. Yeah, because he was he responded to that. So, Granddad, because he is actually the youngest of the three. There, <laughs> I love. I love. By the way, that if you look at the actors, the oldest actor is playing the youngest character. Oh my! And goodness. the youngest actor is playing the oldest character. Oh, that's I so love funny. It. I love it. Uh, let's see. He says, I'm 1200 and something, unless I'm lying. I'm so old. I can't remember if I'm lying about my age. <laughs> so I love, we finally have said, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> After years of, of debate about 1200, who cares? No, no, no. It's not even about 1200 because he might be lying and he's so old. He doesn't even remember if he's lying, he, which a, he says he loses track and B he might yeah. be lying, and C, he doesn't even remember if he's lying. And that's a great thing to say in this episode, because their age becomes such an important part of this whole thing. 
It kind of does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. We may have had our differences, which is frankly odd in the circumstances, <laughs> but we are incredibly clever. I thought that was a great line. It's frankly odd, given the circumstances. Um, Clara says, look at you, the warrior, the hero, and you. And Eleven says, well, what am I? And she says, have you forgotten? And he says, yes. You know, like, pretend I've forgotten. Yeah. Uh, she says, we've got enough warriors, and any old idiot can be a hero. But you are the doctor. Ah, be the doctor. They're all the doctor, though. That so. is fantastic. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Music where it comes from. Um, okay, so I have in here, who is the curator? Q is the Q. <gasps> Crossover! <laughs> oh, quite literally, who is the curator, though? Um, remind me to tell you all later, because we're running long on here, but remind me to tell you later about the Brooklyn Nine-Nine crossover last night. Oh. Anyways, okay. Who is the curator? I don't Quite know, Do we want to spend any time here? Because we, no. we still have other things to talk about. I know, we really do. And we're going long. We are, I say uh, we just but like, okay, move right along. character. What? Okay, all right, let's, let's take it at 100% at face value. 100% face value. That is the doctor. Yes. Yeah, but like... The curator, Tom and again... Tom Baker clearly never gets I, that old as the doctor. He dies long Oh, you missed that. it. You huh? missed it. What? That's not the fourth doctor. Oh. It's an old doctor. Okay, I'm glad we're talking about it now. Okay. Well, that's the, just extra stupid then. No, no, no. The 11th? He said, okay, 11 said, I never forget a face. And the curator said, I'm sure you don't. And then the camera flips around to reveal, it's Tom fan, Baker. Yeah, fan service. It's Tom Baker. And he, but he says, I'm sure you never do. And maybe in your old age, you'll revisit some of them, but only the old favorites, eh? Just, uh, before, just before the curator walks in, Eleven says, I would be brilliant as a curator yeah i know i could retire and do that i could retire and be the curator of this museum i get that's what they were going for but then it's like oh it's tom baker the fourth doctor and he says one day perhaps you'll revisit some of your old favorite faces this is if you just listen i know there are people right now just just smashing their iPods to pieces <laughs> on their own foreheads, listening to me mm-hmm. babble and prattle about this, because I am sure there are thousands of, there are entire websites, you know, thecurator.com. I'm sure it exists out there somewhere. But if you take it on face value, what is said in the episode, at some point in the doctor's future, he will find a way to control or some, which by the way, by the way, by the way, so by the way, stupid. by the way, it's by the way, the idea of the doctor taking on a face with some sort of reasoning behind it is already established canon. Yeah. We just haven't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like That's coming stupid. very soon. You're going to get the reasoning behind that, which probably was informed by and retroactively informs this scene. But at some point in the future, the doctor is going to choose to revisit some of his old looks some of his old faces. And whereas the fourth doctor did not live long enough in that incarnation to age to that point that looked like the old man that we saw in the curator, the curator, the some future, you know, the 28th doctor or whatever is going to regenerate into Tom Baker again, retire, whatever that means, and live out at least some portion of his old age 
as the curator of this museum. Now, I have this written mm-hmm. down in the theory section, so we'll skip it when we get there. What was on the wall of the museum? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was, the looks little like TARDIS thing. The roundels. Oh my yeah. goodness. The, the, the round crap. things. It's I stupid. Okay, okay. Wait, 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 wait. My theory then, the National Archive, or at least that room in it, is, is the TARDIS. The TARDIS? It's gotta be. That would, it's gotta be. That oh. would explain like him being the curator and actually being the doctor would explain how they got oh all goodness. these pictures. And whatnot. That are oh, it would definitely explain how uh, 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 Gallifrey Falls No More, the oil painting, is there. Yeah, yeah it definitely explains that. Hmm. I mean, if you take it on face value, they they like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, uh, you know, touch the nose and all that kind of crap where it's like, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But if he's not the doctor, if the curator is not literally a future incarnation of the doctor, what the heck was that scene there for? I know. What the heck? There's like this if line I, where he's listen, like, I guess Tom, I'm you. And I'm like, are you saying that you are yes. the real Tom Baker, like breaking yeah. the fourth wall or some oh, crap? No. Like, what are you saying here by I guess I'm you? Okay, so there is, yeah, there there was definitely double entendre in that in that bit of dialogue where it's like, I, I guess I'm you. And, oh, well, congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. You know, and all that kind of thing. That was definitely the act. That was definitely a little bit of, I'm not saying it was improvised, but a little bit of the actors passing a baton and 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 commiserating and, and celebrating being the doctor. And there's that. But it's also literally in universe, one incarnation of the doctor talking to another saying, I guess you're me and I'm you and we're all the same, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if it wasn't, okay, listen, if the curator walked in and had some wise things to say off screen and then all of a sudden when he says, I never forget a face and he says, I bet you don't and the camera flips around and it's Tom flipping Baker and it's like, huh, you look kind of like what you, you know, what I used to look like. And then they, then they, there's a twinkle in the old man's eyes, but he's clearly just an old museum curator. Mm-hmm. That's a different scene than what we saw. Yeah. It, I'm sorry. Like, it's it's, scene was that has got to have been intended to stupid. be a future. Yeah, like, that's what it's intended to be, it I'm is. sure. But, it like, dumb. why? Does it make any sense? It's because, okay, just, just be honest. Just be honest. Because it's the only way to get Tom Baker in there. Yeah. I, because, like I said. But they had my, Tom Baker in there. Like, he was in there. He could have just no, done something. No, like, like right now, current Tom Baker. Like, not photos and video of him from the past. I'm talking about bring Tom Baker onto the special. I will say this. I don't understand why it was only Tom Baker. Except for, I, yeah. I, although I will say this, I thought it was an interesting swipe when he was like, but only the old favorites, eh? Yeah. And I was like, uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> shots fired, man. Like Tom Baker's like, I'm the favorite. You'll remember that I wasn't in the five doctors because I was too good for it. Or like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but anyway. All right, so... Can we talk about nine? Uh-huh. Sad nine. Sad. Uh, sad nine. <laughs> I was originally going to have... I guess he have... wasn't sad because he just didn't he care. wasn't there. Christopher um, Eccleston didn't give a crap. I was originally going to put in the who's who section, we had who is the war doctor, who's the tenth doctor. I was going to have one, where is the ninth doctor, right? And like he showed up in the episode, they used old footage. Okay, all right. Why. We, okay, so we've talked in the past about Eccleston's falling out with the BBC. How, in my opinion, he kind of got shafted. But again, I don't know enough about it to comment on the controversy. Um, from what I have heard, it sounds like they treated him poorly. However, I don't know enough about it. I'm speaking in ignorance. 
But I think it is a crying, flipping shame that he wasn't in this. Yeah. Except for that one clip during the all 12 of them. Which scene. would have to imply that they got his permission, right? Um, the, is it a I clip from an actual episode? Because it was maybe not. It was, like, it was a clip. It, yes. It was a clip from, it was a clip from, um, parting, parting of the ways. Um, and yeah. if I understand right, I mean, this is just off the top of my head here. I'm not a legal scholar or anything, but I would think they own that. They don't yeah. have to get his permission. Oh, yeah. Found it and whatnot. Right? They've used it before. Why would they? So need his permission I will say again? this: it was, despite all the controversy and despite Eccleston saying no, it is to me amazing what they were able to do instead. Mm-hmm. Especially leading up to this story, placing little hints along the way, especially, especially in the episode, the name of the Doctor, right? Where we we just clearly are like here's John Hurt. You know, like <laughs> they wrote it into the season, but there were there were other little hints along the way. Moffat originally wrote this story with nine in the role that eventually became the war doctor. Now, obviously, some of the elements would have been different, right? You wouldn't have had to have incorporated the idea of the doctor I try to forget, you know, that I've hidden even from myself. Yeah, and they wouldn't you don't have, have to, to worry hide. about it because that's almost entirely there so that the numbers make sense. But. Oh, it, it absolutely it is. So that's the thing. Eccleston said no. Right, they wrote this up. I think they gave a draft of it to Eccleston, and he said no. Nah. So Moffat tried to use some other previous doctor, but he was shut down by the BBC. They were like, "No, it's not going." Which, if you think about it, unless it was eight, wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. If you, but even eight, <laughs> I get. Well, I guess if you used if you used eight. And then he regenerates into nine, and that's why nine feels the way. That's why nine is emo, doctor. Yeah. That makes sense. But uh, for whatever reason, the BBC was like, "Nope, not happening." No. It wasn't Paul McGann said no. The BBC shut him down. So he invented the war doctor and that whole backstory and reasoning behind him being missing and unknown up until this point. So, in regard to this, was the quote that I thought I was reading earlier. <laughs> In regard to not point putting nine in the regeneration scene, Moffat said this. This is a quote from Stephen Moffat. It was one thing to include him among all the other archive doctors. I thought that was a great term, archive doctors, as they flew in to save the day. Corbin, that's what you were talking about. In fact, it would have been disgraceful to have left anyone out. Okay, so Corbin, what would have been worse? Using that footage of the ninth doctor or not putting the ninth doctor in there? No, having definitely be worse. Having all of the all doctors, of the doctors there, except, except for nine, <laughs> would have been a slap in the face, right? He says, uh, getting back to the quote, but placing him in that scene might have given the impression he'd actually turned up for filming, which would have been crossing the line. He says, not taking part in the 50th was a difficult decision for Chris, taken after a lot of thought and with great courtesy. And not respecting his wishes would have been grossly unprofessional and disrespectful to a good man and a great doctor. I love this line. Number nine may not have turned up for the celebrations, but there would have been no party without him. Oh, wow. That to me right there mm. is probably the best thing that that a showrunner could have said about Eccleston. As we all know, nine was just the life of the party all the time. <laughs> well, no, no, no. What he's, <laughs> what he's saying is without Eccleston, reviving the series. I, we've said this before. Happened. If Eccleston had botched that role, if he had not given it as all, if he had said, you know what, after the way I've been treated, I'm going to bomb this season, he could have killed the show. He could have killed the show. Yeah. 
But he was he didn't, and he did a great job. He did such a good job that the show is still going today. Mm-hmm. And so he says, you know, Stephen Moffat says he may not have turned up for the celebrations, but there would have been no party without him. That's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. So Corbin, this kind of goes to what you were saying earlier. Like we could have, like maybe you could have CGI'd Eccleston's face onto John Hurt's body or something. That would have been too far. Yeah. That would have been too far. Reusing old stock footage that you had of him in an episode that you own the rights to is one thing. And I don't know. They may have gotten they may have gotten his okay for that anyway. They may have said, hey, listen, we understand why you're not gonna be not gonna be in it, but we want to do this. Is like, are you okay with that? I don't know. I don't know if that happened or not. Maybe so. that's why they didn't put him in the credits. So you wouldn't go, oh no, Eccleston was in the credits. Yeah. Eccleston. Oh wait, he wasn't. Claudia wasn't in the oh, credits. Oh yeah. So yeah. that brings me to my, my last point about nine. This stands as the only time Eccleston was credited as the doctor. Because wait, they what? they always credited him as Doctor Who in series one. Huh. I don't know if y'all remember this. There was an episode where we mentioned this is the first time in New Who that the credits say the doctor instead of Doctor Who. And if you go back to Hartnell, that's the way they credited William Hartnell. William Hartnell was never credited during his run as the doctor. He was always credited as Doctor Who. And it was in some later thing that he popped up in, um, in, in stock footage like this, where he was called the doctor. So he and Eccleston both, you know, it was stock footage of them later on where they were actually credited as the doctor. So, guys, News in the Whovian is also brought to you by uh, listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. Uh, if you, like them, find value in what we do and want to give a little bit of value back, head on over to noobsinthehoovian.com slash support. Find out all the ways that you can help us out there and all of the details are waiting there for you. All right, so um, Classic Who Connections, holy cow. Um, at time of recording, I haven't, um, I haven't gotten uh, Jared's stuff yet, so I don't know, but I'm just going to imagine... It's a lot. <laughs> so, um, so if this ends up being like two and a half hours, I was gonna say, be well, happy. I, I honestly, honestly, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm. You can leave this in. I don't even care. We may spin him off into a point five episode, possibly, because this right. one is running long. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. Like if he sends, if he sends like twenty minutes of stuff, <laughs> which he easily could, um, yeah, we we may sure. spin him off into a point five. Um, so we'll either we'll look for that. Yeah. So either <laughs> let's listen week. to what Jared has to say or tune in Wednesday. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your classic Who connections for the day of the doctor. Now, the opening shot to this episode was very similar to an unearthly child. For all of those of you that have seen that, you might remember it starts with a police officer walking by a sign for 76 Trotters Lane and also for one for I am Foreman Scrapyard. And so that's where Susan Foreman, we uh, think that uh, their last name is Foreman. I, I'm not sure if we're supposed to think that they stole the name Foreman because they just sort of jumped into the scrapyard and took over space there or who knows what or they were taking on the name Foreman but anyway so you might remember that and you might also remember that uh, Susan went to the Coal Hill School and so the shot moves on to the Coal Hill School where Clara is teaching but bonus points for those of you who saw that I Chesterton is now chairman of the Board of Governors for the school. Uh, I. Chesterton, of course, being Ian Chesterton, one of the original companions. We've talked about riding motorcycles into the TARDIS before, so we don't really need to go over that, but Clara does, of course, ride a motorcycle into the TARDIS. We saw that in the Doctor Who 
TV movie, Doctor Who. Uh, not Clara, of course, but uh, the doctor riding a motorcycle, or a policeman riding the motorcycle, a motorcycle into the TARDIS there. Uh, Kate said that there was a precedent for having three doctors all together. Well, that happened before in The Three Doctors, classic Who app serial. In The Three Doctors, also, Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart said that, that uh, in reference to having three doctors present, said, three of them, eh? I didn't know how well... I didn't... Sorry. Three of them, eh? I didn't know when I was well off. So we had that echoed in Day of the Doctor by the Gallifreyan general there talking about having all 13 generals or all 13 doctors instead of uh, only 12 of them. Uh, The 10th doctor comments that he does not like the 11th doctor's desktop theme. This is a common happening uh, that goes clear back to the three doctors. Uh, The older doctors don't appreciate the newer doctor's look in the TARDIS. The 10th Doctor said to the 11th Doctor that he was glad his future was in safe hands. This was also expressed by past doctors to future doctors in the Five Doctors serial back in Classic Who. The line, wearing a bit thin, that was spoken by the War Doctor just as he started to regenerate. That was an echo from the First Doctor before he regenerated into the Second Doctor. He said he was wearing a bit thin. And finally, we've got the Zygons. We, have, we only really see the Zygons once in Classic Who in the serial, Terror of the Zygons, surprise there, and that was with the fourth Doctor. Uh, in that one, we have talked about this before in a, a previous Noobs in the Whovian episode, but in that one, you might recall that uh, they are able to control the Zygons, are trying to take over Earth, and they're able to control the Loch Ness Monster, and have him do some horrendous monstering bidding for them, uh, death, destruction, mayhem. And they live in a spaceship in Loch Ness uh, under the water there. So um, maybe an ill-conceived plot. I'm not sure how much the Loch Ness monster can really do to take over the entire Earth, but uh, that's neither here nor there. That was, uh, you know, that was the plot of that serial. So that's really all we knew about the Zygons. I actually loved the costumes that they uh, used, the, or the look for the Zygons in New Who. I thought it's one of the closest that they've stayed to Classic Who, but just gave it uh, some few modern updates, uh, you know, a little modern look. Of course, it looks better. Didn't quite look just like a guy in a rubber suit. Looked a little bit better than that. Uh, so I appreciated seeing the Zygons again. And uh, they were very similar, although they didn't have the uh, poisonous, the poison sacks uh, for when they kissed and things. So uh, that was that was kind of new. Uh, but that's all the classic Who connections I came up with. Uh, I would... Uh, I'd like to give this one a 9 out of 10. Multiple versions of the Sonic in the same place. Uh, I did like that the War Doctor's Sonic Screwdriver actually looked more like the second Doctor's Sonic Screwdriver, which, if you'll recall, that was the first time we saw the Sonic. Uh, I I feel like it was much closer to that original Sonic Screwdriver, and that was kind of cool uh, to give him that. But um, it was really cool to see three different ones in the same place, none of which at least at the start, could 
do all that much for them uh, there on the wood. In fact, we never really saw it do anything with the wood because that was because uh, the door was unlocked and Clara came in. Uh, so anyway, nine out of ten uh, because thought this was a, a great episode. Love multi doctor episodes. Uh, you know, two doctors maybe don't love it as much as others, but still thought they did a great job with uh, all three doctors walking around there and uh, loved the ideas that they brought out and, and finally giving some resolution to the time war and what actually happened and all this business uh, uh, and and that they did it so well that it, it fits pretty darn well with uh, the timelines that we already know and time streams and all that. So, 9 out of 10. Not very creepy, though. Uh, Zygon, sorry. He didn't didn't creep me out all that much. So, uh, just going to give it 50 creep levels for the episode. So, thank you to Tardis Wikia, and thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on, and I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. Okay, maybe welcome back. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> maybe you just maybe had it a just got quiet for a second or something. You're like, <laughs> maybe hey, we where just the podcast really dumb. That's right. That's right. Um, all right. So overall impressions, uh, Trip. What are you gonna What are you gonna give this? This one was amazing. This was by far one of my favorite episodes. I just, I just love it. Of the I first have, fifty years, I have like no problem with this at all. Like, there's nothing I can see wrong Is, with wait it. Wait a minute. Is this a perfect episode? Are you about to go where I think you're about to go? One out of ten. <laughs> yeah, like I don't. He's just blasted off. The number of times he's given a ten out of ten. It's so what's, what's your rating? Hard to be perfect. I'm gonna give it eleven. an eleven out of ten. <laughs> it's the only way you can get any better than what Trip <laughs> gives normally. So, um, eleven old and grumpy oh. dogs. <laughs> I was gonna say you, you really should give it eleven out of ten, eleven and tens. Is really what you should. Do. Wait, eleven out of ten. 11. eleven and ten. Trying to think about that one for a second. He was like, Wait. Corb- "Corbin, what about you?" I thought this one was really good, and yeah, obviously I've had a few complaints, and obviously I say you can't make a perfect episode, but I'm still gonna say nine point nine nine. You know, like basically onto infinity. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just gonna say nine point nine because that's pretty much. Nearly perfect. Uh, nine point nine. I don't know though. I didn't. I probably should have thought about this hmm. first. So we're just gonna say um, no more. What was it? What was, what was it? Gallifrey. Gallifrey falls, falls no, no more. more. Yeah, which nine point nine out of that ten. Implies that implies it falls it, no more. It did fall at one point because. Ah, know. this is true. This is true. Um, okay, so I am going to much like Corbin. I'm going to give it nine point nine 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 with the bar over top recursive. Why unto infinity? It's, it's because dot, 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 I, by the way, that out of ten missing Ecclestons. Because Aww. to me, this is a perfect episode to have Eccleston. No, no, no. It is a perfect episode. Oh, except it didn't have Eccleston. I just it kills me. Oh. It kills me. And this is why I desperately for the sixtieth. Eh, forget what I said earlier. At least get all of the new Who doctors in there. At yeah, least. Right. Yeah. And you know what? Throw in Paul like McGann. 15 by Throw in Paul point, McGann. Yeah, Paul McGann not? probably still looks close enough to what he looked like in this episode. <laughs> um, or or um, um, The Night of the Doctor, because he wasn't actually in this episode. why not? Yeah. John Hurt, unfortunately, is no longer with us. He, he did oh. pass a few years ago. Um, but yeah, other than Eccleston missing, this is a perfect episode. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I will say this. It's like, with Eccleston not coming back with him saying no 
I would say this is as perfect an episode as you can get. Without having him. Even so much as overcoming it and inventing a new incarnation of the Doctor I like, to make up for I it. I like that. I do. I do. I, I, it I was like a the cool War Doctor. Idea, yeah. But I almost, I almost would have. Here's, here, okay, here's my perfect plan, right? If I've got a TARDIS and I can go back and change, <laughs> change history, right? Go back. Let Eccleston say no. Let them invent the War Doctor. Let John Hurt sign the contract. And then Eccleston comes back because I've convinced him to and says, you know what, guys, on second thought, I would like to be there. What do you think of an episode of The Four Doctors? Right? Because that episode hasn't ever existed. There's not one called The Four Doctors. Forget about the no doctors. Forget about these three doctors. Call it The Four Doctors and I'll be in it and we can still have The War Doctor and that's fine, right? Because having Eccleston present with The War Doctor doesn't change anything. It's still the way it was. Have him be in there. That's the only Mm -hmm. way you could have made this episode absolutely 100% perfect in all times and all universes. All right, creep level. Anything to say here? Uh, I mean, is there anything creepy? Uh, I mean, eh, the Zygons are a little Zygons creepy. A little weird. I'll give it a Point, 125. Point zero one. Okay, Corbin gave it 10 and Trip gave it a tenth. Point That's <laughs> <laughs> less than a tenth. Yeah, it's a hundredth. Oh, yeah, it is. By it? far the lowest rating we've ever had. <laughs> All right. Okay. Other than zero. I uh, think we so had zero one. I already mentioned my theory uh, because of the, the appearance of the roundels, the, the round things. What are they? <laughs> In the National Gallery, that means that, that uh, at least that room is the curator's TARDIS. Did you guys have any uh, any theories to kick around? I think that just, yeah. that, I'm okay with that. That that makes sense to me. Oh, no, I mean, did y'all have any, any other oh, theories um, that you want to kick out or anything? We're mm. coming up on the end of the Doctor's time. Do y'all want to speculate anything? He, he, he dies. He dies. <laughs> he I bet Peter Capaldi is the 12th Doctor. <laughs> Whoa. Way to call it. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. All right. Uh, so let's see uh, the game plan. Uh, so the game plan. Uh, sorry about uh, our pre-recorded episode. We actually misjudged things and said, hey, guys, the next episode is going to be this. And it wasn't. <laughs> so uh, sorry about that, everybody. I hope. Just go ahead and watch the other thingy or well i mean i assume you already probably have yeah so what uh (laughs) what what we may have done there is uh is said that after uh adventure in space and time was going to be the day of the doctor and it was actually the name of the doctor uh because originally adventure in space and time was supposed to come on after the season finale and we had to move it so i apologize for that um however we are back on track um onto our regular schedule so by the way if you ignored what we said on the pre-recorded thing and said oh that's just them talking six months ago they don't know what they're talking about you would have been fine so (laughs) hopefully that's what everybody did um however uh up next is going to be the time of the doctor which is the 2013 christmas special so um again go check that episode out after that we're going to do a special recap episode where we're just going to recap uh matt smith's time and talk about that and then we will be into Deep Breath, which is the Series 8 premiere of Peter Capaldi. So we'll be getting to know him. Uh, we'll, we'll see him for a brief few minutes at the end of the time of the Doctor. Um, and uh, then, we'll, then we'll start to get to know him a couple of weeks later. So uh, that's about all that we have for the game plan. Um, oh, one note about the game plan is that um, we're supposed to currently, we have on the schedule, Deep Breath and then Into the Dalek and then Bill and Ted face the music, and we so keep that might we keep holding change. our breath, saying, <laughs> speaking of deep breath, um, <laughs> we keep holding our breath, saying, hopefully it'll be released. The last thing that I heard, we originally it was supposed to be on the twenty first of August, so we were going to do it on the twenty first of August and release the episode on the twenty third. As of right now, it has been pushed back to the twenty eighth. They actually moved it up 
at one point to the 14th. And then, so I saw an announcement saying they're pushing it back two weeks. And I was like, the 28th is not two weeks later. But anyways, so um, that is currently Bill and Ted is supposed to be on um, the, uh, the 28th, which means as of right now, we'll do episodes one, two, and three, and then we'll do Bill and Ted. So it might change. But it's still, yeah, um, unfortunately, now, guys, it still know. could change. So as, we, um, as we're as we approaching that, we'll do our best to um, to give everybody a heads up. Um, make, make sure you go over to facebook.com slash noobs in the Whovian and um, follow us there as well as twitter.com slash noobs Whovian. And we will try our best to, um, as we're catching updates about that stuff, we'll throw it out there. I will tell you, though, um, even if it comes out on time, we might not get to go see it because who knows what's going to happen to Texas because as of right now, like, everything's up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, we were starting to reopen so and now Disney there's, Plus or something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, now there's rumors about us shutting down again, but who knows? It's, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen. So at any rate, watch the time of the doctor for next week. And, um, this one's, this one's good. This one's a lot of fun. Um, it gets, uh, it gets a little wibbly wobbly. If I remember correctly, I haven't, I haven't rewatched this one. So this will be only my second time seeing it. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, and, and catching up to see what happens there. And then meeting Capaldi. Capaldi. Mm-hmm. He's all mm-hmm. eyeballs. Anyways, <laughs> Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip. Our production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the Classic Who connection. Shout outs to Victor, Jared, and James for their Patreon support. As always, guys, you can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs in the Whovian, Twitter.com slash Noobs and email us at Noobs in the Whovian at gmail.com. Consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash Noobs in the Whovian or Noobs in the Whovian.com slash support. Um, head on over to Noobs in the Whovian.com for all of these links, everything else, including our show notes. Make sure that wherever you found us, that you subscribe, leave us a rating, throw some stars at our face, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the news. news. And we will see you next time. Goodbye.